The United We Stand podcast is brought to you in association with Red Army Bet. We all follow United. Red Army Bet, the only bookmaker committed to sharing 50% of net profits with United fans. Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. I'm Andy Mitten and I'm in city centre Manchester in a, a coffee bar. I've just met Fabian Brandy, who's a Mancunian, United fan, and used to be a footballer at Manchester United. He spent a long time at Manchester United and at one point he was one of the most in-demand young footballers in world football. I think he went to play in a youth tournament and got man of the tournament and he's had a, a decent career. He's just turned 30 now. I've, I've met up with him several times in his career. I remember going to see him at Warsaw when he did a feature on carpools and he was in the Manchester carpool <coughs> travelling down with uh, Dean Holden who's now the assistant manager of uh, Bristol City and they were travelling down in Dean's old car which was far from luxurious life of a footballer that some people might um, perceive but Feber is is not been playing at the moment he's hoping to play again next season and we interviewed him in United we stand a few years ago and uh, it was really well well received so thanks for talking to us again Fabian and what are you up to at the moment Oh, you know, Andy, nice, nice meeting up with you, lad. Um, yeah, I've just been busy, really. Um, last season, I was at um, Epsfleet, and then obviously my contract finished there. Um, you know, and then I had, um, I had a few offers to, you know, go and play in the USL in America, um, Mexico, and, a f- you know, a few offers um, um, down south. But obviously, I've been busy um, with one of my projects. Um, it's, a, it's a new app that's going to be released soon. It's called Scouted, and basically it's to it's to bridge the gap between you know all players and all clubs <clears throat> from elite level to grassroots, um, just to just to try and help you know those players not not slide through the net, and obviously help clubs as well you know maximise you know their search and finding un- undiscovered talent. Um, let's wind back to the February. 2012, you were 23 years old, you were out of club, you were unemployed, you were thinking of quitting football, football had worked out for your close friends, maybe former teammates like Tom Cleverley, Danny Welbeck, but you, who'd once been seen as the best player of that age group, good enough for Barcelona to, to come in for you, you're on your uppers, you got a phone call from Sir Alex Ferguson, what did he say to you? <laughs> well, that was um, when I was at, um, there was a tournament in Barcelona. Um, I got my um, player of the tournament, um, and we, we, to be fair, we didn't even qualify um, to the knockout round, so I must have been doing something well in that tournament. Um, and then the tournament, um, I went back to flew, flew back to Manchester, and then don't ask me how, but some Spanish rep from Barcelona got my mum and dad's house number, called the number, my mum picked up. <laughs> it was a Spanish, some Spanish guy. My mum, she doesn't really know like too much about football, so then she just passed the fo- um, passed the phone to my dad. And I think the guy said to my dad, you know, we're interested in you know your son. Um, what do you think of you know coming coming over to to Barcelona? And obviously my dad either said, you know, we'll we'll think about it, you know, and we'll obviously we'll get back to you. Anyway, <laughs> two weeks, two or three weeks later after that, I went into Carrington and. Um, 
I was walking down, I was walking down the corridor. Um, I think I was just coming out of the physio room. But then the cor in the current and the corridors are quite long. And as I've opened one of the corridors, as, as I've opened the corridor door on my side, the other corridor door on the other side is open and it was Sir Alex. So he's walking towards me and then there's a lot of things going through my mind. I'm thinking, what have I done? Have I been late for school? You know, have I just, just anything going through my head? Because <laughs> obviously he's, he's just the sister Alex, you know, he's the boss. Anyway, as I was walking closer to him, he stopped me and he's gone, you right, Brandy, where are you coming from? And I said, oh, just a physio room. And then he went, have you heard? And I kind of knew what it was, what it was implica implicating at, like what he was, what he was trying to say. But I just kind of played off and said, um, no, boss, what, what, what do you mean? And he went, Barcelona, Barcelona interested. What, what are your thoughts on that? And I just said, you know, my man, I'm a Manchester lad, you know. Um, I've been here for well since the age of eight. I was think I was fit. I must have been 15 at the time. So obviously it was about eight, eight, nine years or whatever that I've been there. And I just said, yeah, I'm a Manchester lad. You know, I want to be here. You know, want to want to try and break into the first team. And then he just <laughs> just looked at me, slapped me on my head, and went, "Good lad." And I walked off. <laughs> so. It was, it, my heart was literally, for that conversation, it must have been like about a minute or two, and my heart was literally pumping, and it was just, it was just, it was, just, it was, it was a good, good experience. And then years later, when United hadn't worked out and you were out of club, he, yeah. he called you and asked why you didn't have a club. Yeah. I was, at that time, I was um, at my mum's, um, <clears throat> and I don't really, I don't really answer um, private numbers. <laughs> So I was in my mum's living room and this private number's calling me. Something just told me to just answer answer the phone. <laughs> so then I picked up and I've gone, hello? And then obviously Sir Alex, she's called me, she's called me Brandy. She's gone, Brandy. And then I've gone, hello? I kind of knew it was him, but something was telling me, like, it's not him. Like, why is he kind of calling me? And I went, hello? And he went, Brandy. <laughs> and then I went, oh. You're right, boss. Like, you know, a bit panicking because like, I thought he was kind of going to go mad because I didn't recognise it was him first off. And then he went, what are you doing? And I went, I'm just, I'm just at my bums. <laughs> and he went, no, no, I don't mean that. I mean, what are you doing in football-wise? Like, in, in football terms. Um, and I just said, oh, <clears throat> I'm just trying to trying to get fit um, to obviously get in a few clubs and obviously, you know, just get kind of get my, my, career, my career back on track. <clears throat> and then he just said... If anyone needs a reference, you know, tell them to call me. <laughs> and that kind of blew me back because this was the time where I think I left Man United about 10 or 11 months ago. So for him to give me a call out of the blue, you know, to say say those words, I was it, it just it just shows like what type of what type of man he is, <clears throat> and that he's he just cares for you know like his own, and you know that 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 will always stick in my mind. Like. You grew up in Moss Side as a United fan. You went to Trinity, which is the same school as as Danny Welbeck. And what age were you when you got spotted by United? And what form did training take? Um, I think when I was when I got spotted by Man United, I would have been I think I was eight. <clears throat> I got spotted by I got spotted by um, when I was at West End Boys playing from playing from a local team. But no, no, nobody actually knows this. I actually went in Man City for a week or two because <laughs> they they actually um, because Platt Lane it's so close to like my side. Obviously, Man City kind of got tabs of where where I was living and things like that. So we actually went in Man City for a week or two. But this was when I was about seven, seven, seven ish. 
but I just didn't, I just don't know, I just weren't really interested in getting involved in like a, a proper team. I just wanted to, you know, play with my friends, play with my local team, my friends on the street, my school friends. So then when that, when I just didn't end up turning, um, going like back in, because I just said to my mum and dad, I said, this, this ain't for me, this. And they were just like, all right, it's fine. So then obviously carrying on playing for my local team. And then um, there was, um, at my primary school, there was um, a, a scout, Mr Clark, Dermot Clark. He used to work for Man United and I think he told Man United to come and watch one of my games for Western boys at my local team. And I, I think he did, I think he scored about four in, in, four in that game. <clears throat> and then I think Man United, you know, they, they called me in and literally the, the, rest, the rest was just history. So yeah, my mum and dad said, you're not, you're not blowing this opportunity, you know, because it's, you know, it's Man United, so, and yeah, I just didn't look back from there. Um, there was a good buzz about you, um, but your family kept you on the ground. You told me that your mum works at M&S in the <coughs> Trafford Centre, your dad was a DJ. Yeah. Is <laughs> um, Side United or City among your mates? Um, it's a difficult one. I would actually say, growing up in Side, I, I would actually say it was... Seven, 65% City yeah. and about 35% um, Mossad. Um, United. I mean, sorry, 35% United. So, yeah, I think in Mossad, I think Man, Man City did, on the fan base, did, you know, just, just peep Man United in, in, in that sense. But it was, it was kind of one of those ones, like, if Man City are playing Chelsea or Man United are playing Chelsea... The whole of Mossad will kind of get together before us, you know, to beat like the the, the southern teams. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um yeah, it was it was kind of like when the the, the Manchester teams were playing like the southern teams, everyone kind of got together and said, "Hope you beat them or whatever." But then obviously when it was Man City when and Man United, we used to get together and used to used to be a bit carnage in the houses. Did you think you would make it as a player at Manchester United as a first team player? Yeah, I actually did, because I was um, I was going, I was on the right path, like <clears throat> going away on the 12s and the 13s um, to tournaments, you know, like in Holland, in Germany, France, playing against you know big teams like Ajax, you know, um, PSG, Chelsea when they were coming over like abroad to play, just you know just the big teams, and I was always coming back with like you know player of the tournament or top <clears throat> or top goal scorer. And things like that, and then obviously I got called up into England. England, um, I think it was under 14s when I started with England, and I got called up to Lillishall and under 15s England, 16s England. So I was literally always in the setup for England, um, playing, you know, um, reserve week in week out. So you were playing with lads like Gerard Piquet, Giuseppe Rossi, Welbeck, yeah. Tom Cleverley, and you you were one perceived to be one of the best players. Yeah. Danny and Tom were pretty fragile. Yeah, like, you know, I, I had a you know, very good pedigree and a lot of hype about me. Um, Why? Why were you, were, you, were you fast? Well, the type of player I was, I was just, yeah, fast and tricky and I think fearless and it doesn't... I think growing up, obviously, I was kind of like a, you know, a small, agile, fast striker, but I was quite strong and I didn't really... Big centre-backs, I didn't really fear him, like... I was going for a 50-50. There's a few times I used to get sent off for being a bit too aggressive. Um, so I don't, I, don't, I don't know what, what obviously made me, you know, stand out from, from the rest that are growing up. What was PK like? Gerard PK, you know, he was. You could see, you know, he had 
he had potential to to be obviously the player that the player that he is now. Man United obviously it didn't it didn't really work it didn't really work out for him um, for whatever reason you know the, the game might have been, it might have been too fast for him or you know whatever but you could see that you know PK he, he had all the attributes to to go on to just just in the right environment he had all like the attributes the assets to go on just to be obviously a world class defender and obviously he's shown that. What type of person was he? To, to be fair. <laughs> PK was just, he was he was kind of the joker. He was the, he was the, he was one of the jokers of um, of the groups. You know, he used to play he used to play pranks on us. But then but then again, it was it was kind of quiet. But sometimes because we knew he was kind of the joker of the of the group, because it was because it was quiet, everyone was always expecting something to happen. But like it was it was it was a, it was a nice lad. Like you know, he, we all looked up up to him. You know, as, as a big brother, and he saw us all as you know little brothers. So no, it was it was very respected as well at United. Was it right that Roy Keane used to take you every Thursday as part of his badges? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He used to um, he used to take us over on the on the academy side um, in Carrington to obviously get get his badges and you know take take his training sessions and he was just it was it didn't do anything different. What like what you see with with, with Roy Keane, it's just it's just him. So he was hard on you. Yeah. <laughs> in <laughs> what way? Just like sometimes you know. You know when you're training and it kind of gets a bit lackadaisy or or you start trying tricks in the wrong areas on the pitch. You know he he didn't care what age we were. He would say just like, "What are you doing? Would you do that there? Would you do that? Would you do that if the, if the boss was there? You know those things like that." So then, but he kind of printed that in us, printed you know that kind of mentality in us. At oh sorry, at, um, at such an early age, and he just made sure like. Everything we did was just was just spot on, but it wasn't obviously it was hard in in that sense. But it, it wasn't it wasn't hard for no reason. Like it wouldn't just think, oh, I'm working, I've got to be hard on these. It would be everything that it did or said to us. It, it was for it was for a good reason. Obviously, some players took it to heart, and obviously others just thought, you know what, he's actually doing it for the for the best of us. So that was decent as well. And maybe some egos needed to be in check. I remember you telling me a story about. Kieran Richardson breaking into the first team and coming into Carrington one day with his car roof down and the music blasting out and maybe he thought, you know, I'm with the first team now, I am the man. Unfortunately for him, Sir Alex Ferguson was walking into the car park. Yeah, um, I think it was when Kieran, I think it was a sunny day. Um, Kieran, I think he had a mini, I think it was. He was coming in. I think he was just happy. Like I don't think it had anything to do with him being on trip for the first team. I think he was just happy because it was sunny and he was just coming in. But he obviously like, was the wrong person to obviously you know bump into like when it was coming in. So he was obviously coming in like with you know with his music down and just 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 like in a relaxed vibe kind of thing. And then obviously Sir Alex is kind of saw him with um, with basically his music blasting and his, his, his roof down and obviously Sir Alex is kind of. It kind of tries keeping, you know, things like that. Um, it keeps keeps a lid on, you know, things like that. Even if you're just doing it for a relaxed, for a relaxed like moment. So um, <laughs> he's just come down and he's just so caring. And obviously we were sat up in um, the classroom, so what we could see through the window. So then he just said something to Karen and like Karen just turned his boots off straight away and like put, think he put his roof back up and then. We think we had, we ended up have to go into the other classroom where we were going, so we didn't we didn't really see what what, what the, the end result was with that, but no, it was it was good good vibes. Though. 
he had spies everywhere. As a young lad in digs, <laughs> were, were you ever caught doing anything you shouldn't have been doing? I think you told me that you you, you shared digs with Sam Houston, who's, yeah. who's in Iceland. Just become a father, Sam. Yeah. Um, James Chester, yeah. who's played Premier League football, and obviously uh, Tom Cleverley. And you... Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, there was rumours going around, like, you know, United had, you know, spies everywhere, and we can't, we can't do this or we can't do that. Obviously, we just we didn't really think any of it, any, anything of it. So there was a few times where we, we would be on the park or we'd just be not coming back at our curfew a few, a few times. You know, just just like normal teenage, like young boys. Like obviously, we're in a we're in an environment where you have to be, you know, spot on. So there was, there was a few times, you know, we we did, you know, over overstep our curfew for an hour or two, and yeah, we. We ended up yeah, getting caught a few times and, and, and basically told us. So maybe someone like Brian McClare would pull you in the next day and say, what were you doing walking past Tesco at 2am? Yeah, actually me and Sam, um, <laughs> we got um, told to go into Brian McClare's office at one stage. We were coming in and I think through the through the, um, the receptionist, you know, when they pressed the intercom, so then we've heard um, Conf- Fabian Brandy and, and Sam Houston... Um, Come to, rece- come to reception, please. So we're kind of thinking, you know, we're, tra- we're training with the first team here. But then <laughs> Brian, Brian McClare's there, and obviously he brought us up to his office and then uh, literally he's just gone, why weren't you to win at nine o'clock? Why, did, why, were you, why were you, I think it was an hour and a half, why were you an hour and a half late um, for, your curf- um, for your curfew? And we literally we were just shocked. We didn't, know, we didn't really know what to say. Um, in my mind, I was thinking, like, how, how do you know, kind of thing? And obviously I think Sam was thinking the same. Um, but yeah, we just we just knew not to over, overstep the curfew again. So yeah, to get into that first team would have been very difficult. You had Rooney ahead of you, Carlos Tevez, another great player, Danny Welbeck, and and even um, Makeda. You know, he was playing in first team football. When did you start to think that maybe your future would be away from Old Trafford? Um, I'd say maybe around. Well, actually, around around nine, around eighteen, actually, because um, I started to think, you know, I've had all this hype, but I'm not really training with the first team every day. You know, like when you see first teamers sometimes seventeen training with the first team every day, every day. I was kind of, you know, back and forth, so I kind of knew something, some, something wasn't really, you know, adding up in to me, like obviously being a first team, a first team member or a first team regular in, in the years to come. Um, so it was around it was around 18, but then we went to we went to a tournament in Malaysia. Um, <clears throat> I think it was like a youth Champions League, where we played like the likes of AC Milan um, when they had um, Aubameyang in there. When we played Barcelona, when like Thiago Alcantara and Bojan, when they were playing, where we were Boca Juniors. Um, literally, it was just all the best teams. Um, in the world put into like that youth Champions League I think it was the first one in Malaysia um, and we were the age group that I went that, the age group that I was with we were two years younger than the actual competition but then we went on to win it <clears throat> I think I scored three goals and then we beat Juventus 1-0 in the final um, and I scored I scored the winning goal there and I actually did well in that tournament I think I was a um, candidate for player of the tournament in that, in that tournament um, so then I kind of thought to myself well, just 
I've just done that, you know, on, a, on, like, a, on, <clears throat> on like a world stage at the age of like 18, 19. So maybe, <laughs> you know, like that might trigger interest of, you know, becoming like a, a first team regular in years to come. But then obviously we come back and then, you know, train with the first team, but still wasn't, I was still like, you know, in, in the between again. So it was probably around 19 when I, when, sorry, it was probably around 19, 20 when I, when I thought to myself, you know what? It might be, it might be best to, you know, pursue pursue my career elsewhere. And was it right that the manager said we're not going to offer you a contract that you're going to yeah. be happy with? Yeah, um, I think it would have been twenty or twenty one, um, and he, I went into the boss, and you know, he's, he's obviously we had a, we had a long chat. He was basically saying my progression from like the age of eight to where where I've come to. You know, it's been. It's been it's been next next to nothing. It's been second to second to none really. But I, I think they they wanted me to develop in um in a di- not in a different way, but probably all the hype that all the hype that I had at a young age. They probably wanted me to exceed that again when I was about nineteen twenty. But I didn't jump to the jump to those heights. So yeah, he just said um you know we won't won't, won't offer you a contract um. Basically, that, that that you're gonna be happy, that you're gonna be happy with, um, and I think I think he was more talking about we'll give you one more year to kind of see, you know, if you, if you can jump on again. Um, but I think at that time I would have been 20 or 21, 20, 21 or 22 actually. Um, and I think at, at that time I kind of realised, you know, it's it's time it's time to it's, I'm not you know I'm not gonna accept that and then leave. And then I had um, I think I had Sheffield United lined up. To go into that, but I broke my metatarsal in the last minute of the last reserve game against Wigan, so <clears throat> that that set me back. But fair play to Man United because they they actually brought me back into my rehab, paid for my operation and everything like that. So it just goes to show how much of a family orientated club they are. So you continued your recovery at Carrington, even though you were then out, out of contract, and you went then to Notts County under Paul Ince. Is that right? Um. Yeah, yeah. I went to um, Notts County under Paul Lynch. Who got sacked pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I kind of went to Notts County not in not in the best shape because obviously I've been out for well because I was kind of getting my metatarsal and it kept breaking because I didn't have the right. I think I got bone taken from my hip, put into the crack in my metatarsal, but it wasn't compatible. So then they had to basically get them get the plate and the screws put in there. So. I would, that, that probably took around 10, 11 months, so obviously just just for me to start playing again. Um, and then I think I went into Notts County about a month after that, so you can just imagine my fitness levels were, weren't the best. And I think Paul, Paul Lynch, you know, he, he kind of you know, took, a, took a chance on me. But obviously I wasn't fit, um, so I wasn't, I wasn't really at, at my best there. And then he got sacked, and then they brought, <laughs> they brought in Martin Allen. Um, and yeah, um, just when my contract finished there, we just, we just parted ways. So, there was then a deal lined up with Portland Timbers, uh, where Mikel Silvestre was at. That fell through. I think the, you blame the agent. Uh, and then there was a move lined up for Oldham. You would have gone there for, for peanuts. But Oldham's manager, Paul Dickoff, told you that the agent had asked for too much. So, these are factors that should be under your control, but are beyond your control. So, you've now gone 18 months without football, and that's when Sir Alex called you and asked why... You didn't have a have a club. Did you ever feel like giving up on football? All these things going wrong for you? 
Yeah, um, especially, you know, with, obviously, well, I won't mention his name, but um, the agent, you know, at the time, like, you know, I had clubs willing to, you know, take me in. Um, and I think he kind of just basically saw the opportunity, you know, Fabian Brandy, he's, he's had all this hype at Man United, you know, maybe I can squeeze a little bit more. Well, not just with United, you'd been in the under-20 World Cup with England, you'd yeah. played for England at under-16, 17, 18, 19, <laughs> 20. Yeah. It's a good pedigree, that. Yeah, that's what I mean, I've had, um, I've had a... I've played with Scott Sinclair, Andy Carroll, Daniel yeah. Sturridge. <laughs> yeah, you know what, yeah, the England team, was it, that was very good as well. Obviously, Kieran Trippier as well. Um, we went to um, an under-20 under World Cup, so, I've, I, like you said, I've had, a, I've had a decent pedigree, but... I do think you know some there's some parts of my career where, like I said, like I said, I'm not going to mention his name, but the, the agent did hinder a few things. You know, he, he actually he actually got banned from. Um, <laughs> so Alex actually banned him from coming into Carrington. Um, so it's important that young players choose the right agent, and I know the club's attitude is. They can't control it, but they would just ask that a player lets them know which agent they're thinking of signing up to so they can advise. Yeah, definitely. And to be fair, Man United were, were, very, you know, were very big on that. Um, Gaznev used to always say to us, you know, we don't need an agent, we don't need an agent. Um, obviously, like looking back at it now, you actually don't need, you don't need an agent. You, know, you let your football do all the talking. Um, but obviously, me at that young age... Um, I just kind of, I kind of thought I needed an agent to, you know, help me, help me in my career kind of thing. But as as I've got, as I, as I'm older now, and I look back at it now, if if I could put myself back into, you know, a 15 year old Fabian Brandy, then I probably wouldn't, I probably wouldn't, you know, get an, get an agent, and I probably would, I probably would have more like a family member, you know, looking after me, someone who's actually got, you know, the best heart of interest. Which is what some of the young players do have at United. You eventually did found a club. In Greece, yeah, that didn't work out, did it? <laughs> no, that didn't work out. Um, yeah, I, I just with, with that, I just decided, you know, I want to, um, I want to try and explore um, other football, other footballing routes. So I wanted to go to a foreign country, you know, just to try the culture, to see, you know, the different types of football, and just to try and learn the language and and kind of to enjoy my football again. But I kind of went to. Greece at a time where the country was in, you know, massive financial troubles, and the club, the club was at the time, you know, they they couldn't afford basically to, you know, to pay my wages or to even sort out accommodation for me. Um, so then um, I said, I said to the club, I said, you know, can you know, can you at least just, you know, sort me accommodation out, and you know, then we'll literally work our way to, you know, things like that. And they were like, they were like yeah. Um, but we wanted to want to wanted to play in this game. I think it was against Zanta Skolde. Um But this this was kind of going on for about two three weeks. They kept they kept saying yeah yeah yeah. And you know the, the place where where we were staying it wasn't it wasn't ideal. It wasn't ideal for me because I weren't getting any rest. Um, where were you staying? Well, <laughs> I was actually one of my friends were over there and he actually had a he actually had a place like a one bed place. But I was staying in it's like um. A spare, it, was, it, was, it was a spare room. It wasn't even a bedroom. It was just like a spare room. Um, but literally, it was it was in the middle of noise. Um, you know, there, there weren't even a bed in there. Um, and I said to the club, you know, at least just just put a bed in there. You know what I mean? And then we can work our way. And they were like, yeah, it's gonna happen. And then it didn't happen. And then um, next week, they were like, yeah, it's gonna happen. And it didn't happen. I was doing everything. I was going into training. You know, we weren't giving them any reason. And then 
<clears throat> eventually I just said to the club, you know, it's best that we part ways. And then they were like, no, we want you to stay. And then so I said, but nothing, nothing's happening. So then eventually they said, all right, you know, you can go back to the UK. To be fair, the agent that brought me over there, this is a different agent. He, um, he, he, he's kind of got a bad reputation over there, which obviously I didn't know about. Um, so anyway, got to got to the club, and they gave me they gave me a contract, like a release form to sign. Literally, it was all in Greek. <laughs> so then I've looked at it, and I've I've just I'm just like, what's going on here? But then one of my friends um, lives in the UK. Um, I give the the paper to him, and I just said, you know, can you just basically translate that? So phoned, I FaceTimed him, translated, and then basically he said, this contract says if I sign it. I'm released for the, I'm, I am released from the club, but if any club wants to sign me, then I think they'll have to pay. I think it was 105,000 euros. Yeah, euros. You've not even played for them, and no, they're trying to cash I mean. in on you. I've not even played. You weren't for even them. sleeping no. on a bed. Exactly. So you go to the summer of 2012. You've not got a club. Your career hasn't really happened yet. But you did find a club, a very good one, Warsaw, under a very very good young manager called Dean Smith. <laughs> And, and he was straight with you. He said, I've heard yeah. a lot about you and it's not all good. Yeah. I want to meet you face to face. Yeah. I watched you like that season for Warsaw. A very good Warsaw team, fifth yeah. or sixth in the league. Yeah. They were flying, they were a cracking side and you were the best player. Yeah. Dean Smith, um, oh, sorry, man. <laughs> Dean Smith, um, he basically approached me um, and he said, you know, come in and um, train. Um, I want to meet you, I want to meet you face to face, which is obviously it's fair, it's fair for any manager. Um, so I met, met Dean literally face to face and we literally we just connected straight away um, he said you know you, you went you went, you're not a bad lad at all I said I said I know I'm not like and then we, said, we, had a, we, had a, we had a laugh and a joke and then he then boss they put me up in, um, in <clears throat> into a hotel next to next to the stadium I think he trained for like four or five days and then after, after the fifth day you know he he said, you know what, we won't run off your contract and then signed him. Like, still, I still talked to I spoke, spoke to him a few days ago, actually. I still, so we're going keep to in, keep in touch because he's, he's, he's one of the managers who, you know, he, he did get the best out of me and, you know, I'll, I'll, always, I'll always be thankful for him, you know, getting my career back on And track. he's done well. He went to Brentford, who are an ambitious club. He's now the manager of Aston Villa and he used to travel with, with Dean Holden. Yeah. Dean's, a, <laughs> Dean's a United fan. He's been on... This podcast, and when I asked Dean about you and as a player, yeah. he said Fabs was very talented and so sharp on the pitch. He's got the quality of someone who's spent so long at United. He's small with a low centre of gravity. He likes it when defenders get close to him because he can turn them for pace. When he's confident, he's far too good for this league. That's League One. If he can consistently play at the level he's doing and avoid injuries, he can go higher. You did. I remember you texting me in the summer of 2013 yep. saying Sheffield United had come in for you. Yeah. And they were paying you good money. <laughs> life, life suddenly looking good. Yeah, life, life, was, life was back on track. Um, and obviously, you know, I'm thankful for, you know, Dean Olden and obviously Dean Smith for, you know, having, having a faith in me and literally letting me, letting me express myself um, at Warsaw. So, yeah, um, I had, had a good season at Warsaw. I think we just finished... We just, we just missed off the playoffs by, I think it might have been five or six points. Um, and 4-4-2 named you in the best 50 players in the Football League. Yes, yeah, that month. It's not, it's so you it's signed not, for Sheffield <laughs> United. You've got a, what? How long was your contract for? Contract was two years. Good money? Yeah, it was all right. I'm not going to embarrass you <laughs> with the figures. You told me it was at, all at right. the time. But 
basically a very nice amount of money to yeah. be being a professional footballer, but <laughs> thing, it didn't work out great, did it? Not well. It, it it did. It, okay. Well, it, it, well, it did and it didn't. At the start, it did. Um, obviously, I signed under under David Weir. Um, so, yeah, signed under David Weir, and he said again, he was kind of like Dean Smith. I want to meet you face to face. Met um, David Weir face to face, and you know he made me his first signing. Um, said, what shirt number do I want? Obviously, I think I picked the number nineteen shirt. Oh no, I don't ask me why. I just, just seen nineteen and thought I want it. Um, so yeah, it, no, it, it was good there, and then I think the first game we played was against, I think it was Notts County on Sky Sports, and you no, know, I did well. I think I got mad in a match on that. That's a nighttime and, game, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah um, I remember watching it. So yeah, um, we played um, yeah Notts County, and I got I got mad in a match, and I think as the as the on a personal on a personal performance scale, I was I was doing well, like you know, getting mad in a matches, you know, I was I was doing well on a personal on a personal level, but. As a team, we wasn't getting, we wasn't getting, up, we wasn't getting the results, which obviously led to David Weir getting sacked, and then Nigel Clough coming, and then that's when it, that's when it kind of went a little bit, a little bit downhill. He didn't think that you were the best player in the world, or you didn't see eye to eye with him. Um, I always, with, 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 you know that when that happened, I always knew it was going to be an uphill task because when there was a time when I was at home, um, I was ill. And then he kind of, you know, called me back in to training to obviously, you know, see how I was, even though the doctor, you know, said I should be at home resting and, you know, just little things like that. And I think even before I even met him, he said um, he said to the, my agent at the time, you know, it was, it was kind of... It's kind of, you know, it's, it's going to be an uphill task for Fabian kind of thing, you know what I mean? And for, for a player to hear that when he's not even met the manager yet, it, it can be a bit, you know... Actually confidence. Yeah, it can, it can, it can, it can knock, knock your confidence a little bit. Um, You're at Chef United. There were plenty of players you've been in with as a, a young player who hadn't made it. You'd made it to that level. There were players who were in the Premier League. How do you feel? Did you feel towards them? Happy for them because they were your mates? Jealous? Envious? No, I'm not, not jealous at all. I'm not. I'm not the type of person, you know, to be jealous. Like, if, if I'm the type, I want. I want to see everyone win. Um, so it was kind of like when I saw, for example, when I was at Sheffield United, um, Harry Maguire was there. Obviously, he went on to see Leicester, England. When I was at Man United, obviously, Welbs. He's, you know, he went on to play for United, and you know, players like that, they, like, they went on to, you know. Make well, not make a career because obviously I didn't make a career out of, out of my football, but they went on to make a career out on, out on sorry at the elite level. Um, so it was just like, like, like yes, you did it kind of thing, and I still speak to them up to this day. You know, we all we all meet up and we go, you know, for go for go for, go for food and. You know, well it's all right. Is the, the, that injury, the latest one that he got? And I think was it the Europa League game? I think it was. Knocked him back a little. Knocked him back a little bit, but you can see that you know he's he's he's, he's, he's gonna he will come back stronger. He's, obviously, every anybody who knows well, you know, he's a nice lad. He's just down to earth. You know what I mean? And I think that's why everyone calls him that guy Wells because he's just he's just that guy in it. And he's, yeah, just nice. Wells is good, man. He'll, he'll come back stronger from his injury, definitely. You knew him since he was a little kid, didn't you? Yeah. He looked up to me. Looked up to me as a as a big brother at one stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because um, obviously, we went to the same school and. You know, um, just obviously used to see each other every day at school, and then we see each other every day at 
at, um, at United. But yeah, Wells is, is nice. Such such a, such a nice guy. Like I don't, I've not come across one person who's had one bad thing to say about him. And he's, he's got time for everyone, regardless of if he's playing for England, if he's playing for Arsenal, if he's playing for United, whatever. He's he's always got time for anyone, whether it be someone who wants a picture in a coffee shop or or a kid who wants his what's his what's his autograph like he's, he's literally got he's got time for everyone so coming to the end now you played then after Chef United what happened next Chef United oh, what, 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 what did happen next where did I go after that Chef United oh yeah I went out on loan I went back to Warsaw actually on loan yeah. um, did well there again um, probably not as good as I did it as the first time I went but I still still had a you know a decent impact. I think I scored my first my first perfect hat trick um, when I went back there left foot right foot header against against Knox County as well. So that was the first team like yeah so um no, that, that that was good. So yeah I went back on loan to Warsaw and then I went to oh where did I go to that I think I think oh that's it I went to um when my loan spell finished I ended up signing for Rotherham in the championship. Um, under Steve Evans you know Steve Evans I quite I quite like Steve um, he had a lot of time for me I was unfortunate because um, in the pre-season there but I got injured and I think I missed all, all of the pre-season um, and obviously all the players that he already, already had there were flying so then it was harder for me to catch up on my match fitness and you know to try and break in you know to get a starting starting um, starting place <clears throat> but then yeah um after that, you know, obviously I weren't getting the game time and I went along to Crew, played played a few games for Crew there, did well for Crew. Um, and then I think January coming and I said to, you know, Steve Evans at the time, I said, you know, it's probably best, you know, if, if I tried, you know, going out somewhere permanent. Like, and he said, yeah, that's fine. <clears throat> obviously shook, <clears throat> shook hands and um, went, obviously went our separate ways. And I think after that, I went to Rochdale. Um, under under Keith Hill again, I still wasn't really fit. Um, got a few injuries there, so didn't really hit the ground running. And then again, I, I decided, you know what, it's probably time time for me to try and go abroad again. And then um, that's when um, that's when I went to Thailand and kind of hit the ground running going to Thailand. Might be something to do with the sun because I didn't really get injured. <laughs> I didn't really get injured over there, but nah, Thailand. Um, <clears throat> I enjoyed that. Yeah, Very good time. Yeah. I was there for, I think I went, signed in 2000 and, I think I went, weird because I went, actually went home for two days at one stage to sign my contract, literally 48 hours to sign my contract and come back. Um, and then I think I signed in, two, I signed a two-year contract um, at a newly founded team called Ubon. Um, I think the manager was Steve Cooper at the time. Um, I mean, sorry, not Steve Cooper. <laughs> Scott Cooper. I said Steve Cooper because I said Steve Evans. Scott Cooper at the time. He used to be um, a coach at um, Leicester years and years ago. So he, he kind of knew about me and my upbringing and, you know, the pedigree, etc. So, yeah, he signed me and I was there for two years. Um, and, yeah, hit the ground running. I think that his, his, his plan was to get to the Thai Premier League because it was a newly founded club. He wanted to get to the Thai Premier League in a short space of time. So then he... It was a newly founded team. I signed for them. Then we got promoted from League Two to League One, and then League One to the Thai Premier League out there. So it was kind of back-to-back uh, promotions. So yeah, I had, had good times there, and I think it was come to a stage where I think he might. He, there was rumours of him kind of leaving, and I didn't really want to 
Because you hear all these stories, like, with, like, what happens over there in Thailand with you, when you're with a manager who doesn't really know you. I didn't really want to be in that in that situation, so then I just I just said, um, you know, probably best for me to go back, go back to the UK and then come back to the UK and then that's when I went to Absolute. So you're doing this act now. You, you've fallen between the cracks a few times in your football career. Is yeah. this to help that to... Uh... Yeah, definitely. And what, um, how does it work? So but, say I've just been released by Liverpool yeah. and I'm 19. <clears throat> well... If you've been re- if you've just been released by Liverpool and obviously you've got the app, you would literally put <clears throat> upload all your clips onto the app. Um, so it's kind of and obviously your your clips will be on the app. You'll make a profile of yourself, what foot you are, how tall you are, what position you are. Um, and then instead of you going to search for a club, clubs will be able to see you, whether that's a club you know from elite level or Sunday league. Literally every club will be will be able to see you. Um, and then you know if the club likes to look here, then you know they'll they'll make they'll get in contact with you and then obviously either invite you in or sign you straight off the bat. But <coughs> you're just putting if you're a player, yeah, you're putting your own details in. Yeah, and you're not going to make yourself look like messy. Yeah, well, you can put you can look like you can you can put your profile so that you look like messy, but you put in your videos up there as well. Okay. <laughs> you know so. So yeah, if, if you're playing, if you've just been released by Altrincham and yeah. you're putting your videos up there, then you're, yeah, you, of, you're of a standard. Then. There you go. So it's not like you can hide from the fact. It's not like you can say, "Oh, um, I am messy, but yeah, I've I, just been at Altrincham." Exactly. There you go. So the the foot. That's why it's key for us to have the footage on there to kind of balance out the footage to the profile. And I think players who are going to upload their their clips and make the profile. They're going to, don't get me wrong, they probably will be the odd few that are trying to make themselves look brilliant. But then when you look at the footage, it's going to, like, the two's not going to add up. <clears throat> so I think a lot of players are going to kind of do what they have to do for their levels, kind of not exaggerate. Because if they do, and then scouts start to see it or clubs start to see it, <clears throat> then they've just literally lost their trust already. So I think it's kind of a, a common a common sense thing. And I think the idea, the, obviously the idea come as well from when I was at Man United. Obviously I was fortunate to be there, you know, for, for such a for such a long time and I didn't I didn't really have a problem you know getting a contract like one after another when I was growing up but there was a lot of like my friends or people who I was close with who didn't get a contract but because they didn't really have the hype or no one really knew them in the football industry they didn't really have the connections to to go elsewhere um, they didn't have an agent so they, when the line, when they kind of got released from United or wherever, it was kind of what happens next. Whereas, <clears throat> if they would have had the app scouted, then they probably would have uploaded the clips, and then clubs will be able to obviously see what type of you know player they are, what level they are. All right, they might have not, they might have not had the ability to to go and play for Man United, but you know they might have still made a career out of a team you know in a, in a lower league. So it's just there to really bridge the gap between you know clubs from elite level all the way down to grassroots including our players thank you for your time I hope that it goes well and if you start playing football again next season I hope that goes well too yeah thank you Andy mate appreciate that (laughs) United we stand and Red Army Bet we all follow United visit redarmybet.com or download the app for all the latest United specials and enhanced odds Red Army Bet, the only bookmaker committed to sharing 50% of net profits with United fans.